0: K M T T, Kimitzion Teitzei Torah Udvar Hashem and this is Ezra Bek broadcasting from Mishvah Haritzion in Gush Etzion. Today is Monday, Aleph Shvat. Today is Rosh Chodesh Shvat. According to Beit Shammai, Rosh Chodesh Shvat is Rosh Hashanah the We pass Kanik Beit Hillel. The tubishvat, Shvat, the fifteenth day of Shvat is Rosh Hashanah. But according to Beit Shammai, Rosh Hashanah the the day in which we begin to count a a new year. For the purpose of counting the years of trees, having to do with hilchot uh, shviit and hilchot tumtum masrot, that day would be today, Rosh We hold that it's another two weeks on Tu B'Shvat. Today's shiur is the shiur, the weekly shiur of Harav Yaakov Khan in hilchot brachot. The shiur will be thirty-five minutes and will be followed by a In the previous
1: two shiurim, we discussed the bracha of hamotzi lechem in I would like to dedicate this year to the bracha of Borei Minei Mizanot, the bracha that's made on, on pastries, on cookies, on cakes, when one takes the five different grains and makes out of it something aside from bread. Then one makes the bracha of Borei Minei Mizanot. The Gemara on 36b, Lamed Vav says as follows, Gufa, Rav Ushmuel Da'amitavayu, Vayu, Bo taminim. Me varchim alav bore me me Anything that has within it of the five grains receives the bracha bore me Mizonot. And then the Gemara brings another statement of, of Rabban Shemuel. The itma nami, u Shemuel, the amitra vayu, kolshehu mecha meishit ha minim, me varchim bore me Anything of the five grains gets the bracha of bore me me Utsricha, we need both of these statements. Both the statement that said, anything that has within it of the Chameshat as well, taminim, as well as the statement, any of the five grains of wheat gets a bracha of barimimim zorot. And the Gemara will explain exactly what the distinction between these two statements is. Utsricha, we need both. If it would only say, anything of the five grains, it has to be one of the five grains. One of the five grains gets a bracha of borim mizonot as long as, as it's in its pure form. Not part of a mixture, but it's in a pure form. If you eat something made out of wheat alone, or something made out of barley alone, something made out of spelt alone, all those things would get a borim mizonot. Abal ayudei ta'aroveh, if we would take that wheat and we would make a mixture out of it, assuming that the grain itself, the wheat itself, is not the primary ingredient in that mixture, then you would not necessarily get a boyot. Come ashwan. Therefore we need the, the second statement of kol call baomecha Mecha Anything that has within it of the five grains, a mixture that has within it one of the ingredients. Of the mixture is the five grains gets a bracha of borei minim zonot. The iashmiyan calls if it would say anything that has within it one of the ingredients of the grains gets a borei minim zonot. Hava amina then I might think if one of those five grains are in the mixture then I get the borei minim zonot. Calls sheishbo chameish aminim in. But or is v'dochan no. If you would put in that mixture rice or millet, then you wouldn't get a barmine zonot only because it's within a mixture. In other words, the five grains within the mixture gets a barmine zonot. However, rice or millet in that mixture does not get a barmine mizonot. Lomi, <laughs> should the idea ta'arovit. Aval, ite te be'einei. if it would be independent and separate, then you would make a barmine zonot on rice and oris. Therefore commercial the the, the the other statement of Abhashmula consuming who do only of those five grains does what well make a mizonot la always if you have something of those five grains then you make a baimenizo even if it's in its pure form but any other thing that you might consider a grain does not get a bracha of borei Mizanot. And therefore, you got these two different statements of Rabu Shmuel, both of which are necessary. In other words, Rab and Shmuel taught us two different halachot. One halacha is that the five grains within a mixture, even if those grains are not the primary ingredient, that mixture would get a barim in Zanot. That's one chidosh of Rabu Shmuel. The second Kiddush of Rabbi Shmuel is that one makes a barim of only on the five grains, but on nothing else. The second statement, that one makes a barim of only on the five grains, but on nothing else, on ores, on dohan, on rice or millet, one will not make a barim in that second statement is then challenged by the Gemara, and the Gemara in the end proves that from a number of different brightouts, that the brighter held that on Orez, you do make a Borei mini Mizonot. And that's how we pass in Halakha maysa. We pass that one who eats ores makes a Borei Minei Mizonot. Based on the above, most Bishonim and Postim paskin as follows. Regarding the Din, the first Din of Rabbi Shmuel, that if you have a mixture, and one of the ingredients in the mixture is one of the five grains, Regarding that din, they passed in like Rabbi Shmuel. That din was adopted. That din was never challenged. And therefore, they passed that halakha. That if you have within, within a mixture, one of the five grains, even if it's not the primary component, the bracha, bracha that you'd make on that mixture is boreh mined minzonot. For instance, you could have a soup. And that soup can have, can have uh, some kind of a cereal in it or some, some kind, one of the grains in, in that soup, mixed into the soup totally. Uh, sometimes one puts, what uh, what one, one, one puts one can, can put uh, can put the kama can put flour into the soup or other grains as long as the grains are added, as long as the grains are added for some nutritional purpose. However, if the grains are added simply, for instance, if one wants to make hamburgers, one takes a matzo meal or breadcrumbs and and puts it in with the chopped meat in order that it should hold together or one wants to filter fish or the like then one would not make a of minemizonos, even though one of the components of this mixture, shot meat and eggs and, and the breadcrumbs, has breadcrumbs as well. Nevertheless, there, the role that they play, the function of the breadcrumbs, is totally subservient, and it would not get the bracha of bore, uh, Mine minemizonos. However, if you have a mixture, and one puts in uh, mizonos, grains, churros um, made out of one of the grains for to add taste, to add nutritional value, then one would make a bari mini zonos. So that halacha was adopted by, by, by the Shulchan Aruch, and that's how he passed it. However, the second in the Rav Shmuel, which limited the, the bracha of bari zonos only to one of the five grains, and that rice should not get a bari zonos, that halacha was rejected by the, by the Gemara, and therefore also rejected by the Shulchan Aruch. So we're able to split between the two dinim of Rabbi Shmuel, even though they sound very, very similar, and we're able to adopt the one while we reject the other. However, as I mentioned before, this is how most of the Rishonim and the Postkin, in and Gemara. The Rashpah brings a tradition of the Gaonim. The Gaonim are the stage that preceded the Rishonim that argue and that put the two dinim of Rabbi Shmuel together. The Rashpah says as follows al mashra isi hagon and I, you know, I'm surprised at what I saw in the in the pirush of Rav Haigon, who said in the name of Rav Yudagon that even though the Gemara rejected Rav Shmuel, nevertheless, since we know we have all the Gemaras that tell us clearly that the halacha of Rav that if you have a minority of the grains in a mixture, the bracha that you make is barim zonos. we have other grammars that support the statement of Rav Therefore, we know that we cannot accept the rejection of Rav Shmuel and we pass like Rav Shmuel regarding both deeds. In other words, according to Rav Haigon, according to Rav Midargon, and later on also brought down the name of the Baal Halachos, all Halachos, all, all three are in the are of the Gaonim, they say that the two dinim of Rabi go hand in hand. You can't accept one and reject the other. If we have explicit Kamaras that tell us that we possibly like Rabi regarding the question of the mixtures, that if you have grains as minority ingredients within a mixture, you make a barimine Zonos, then it's clear that the bracha barimine is only on the five grains and on nothing else. Now, the question is, what's the relationship between these two different halachos of Rav and Shmuel? Why, in fact, should we paskin, like Rav and Shmuel, regarding one din, while we don't paskin regarding both din together? What's the connection between the two? One is a question of ikar v'tafel, that the five grains are very, very important ingredients, and therefore, even if they're minority, nevertheless, you would make a bracha on... In other words, you always go after the main ingredient in a particular mixture. So the first tells us that the five grains are are always have a certain amount of chashivas of importance. They're always ikar, as long as they they were placed there for nutritional value or for the value of their taste. They play a major role, even though they might be a minority as far as the percentage is concerned, but nevertheless, it's the most important ingredient in this particular mixture. That's one dinner of Rav Shmuel. The second dinner of is regarding what you know, species of, of, of fruit, of grains, of, 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 of things that grow, what are considered grains, and what are not considered grains. What gets, or rather, what gets a barium in the and what doesn't get a barium in the mizonos. They seem to be two separate locks. In order to explain the ga'onim, one has to look for some kind of a common denominator between these two different halachas. For instance, one can claim as follows. The same factor that tells us that the grains are important and therefore they're not nullified within a mixture is the same factor that gives those grains the bracha abad b'nebizos. In other words, One can claim that what the important factor over here is one of chashibos, one of importance. The five grains have chashivos. What is the chashibos, the importance, the significance of the five grains? One can make bread out of the five grains. It's potential bread. I decide to make something else, cake, cookies, but it potentially can become bread. And therefore, the five grains have a certain amount of significance above and beyond a normal vegetable, or fruit, or even meat, you cannot make bread out of an apple, out of meat, out of fish, and therefore that chashivus that one has in the five grains doesn't appear in anything else. So if you take the five grains and put it in, in a soup, you know, for nutritional value, since the five grains have chashivus, have importance, have significance, They are not batel, they're not tafel, they're considered the ikar, and whenever you have a mixture that has ikar and tafel, you always make the bracha based on the ikar. The five grains are always the ikar. That same factor of significance, of importance, of the five grains, because it's potential bread, is exactly what gives it the special bracha of Bori Nimzonos. I mean, after all, the five grains should have gotten a Bori Priha Adama. It grows in the ground. It doesn't grow on a tree. It's something that grows in the ground. And therefore, wheat, barley, oats, it should all be a Bori priadama. But instead of getting the regular bracha of Bori priadama, we give it a special bracha of Bori Minye Mizonos. Why does it get a special bracha of Bori Minye Mizonos? Because it's important, because it's significant. What's its, significant? its significance? That it could potentially become bread. So what we're seeing is that the same factor that tells us that regarding Ika within a mixture, one makes a bar on the grains, is the same factor that gives the grains its special bracha of bar And therefore, if Orez, within a mixture, does not get a bracha of bar then apparently Orez rice does not have this special significance. Because rice cannot become bread. We don't pasken like Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri. Rabbi Yochanan ben thought that rice was one of the grains and you, and you can make bread out of rice. We don't pasken like Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri. And therefore we, we hold that you can, can't, cannot make bread out of rice. If you can't make bread out of rice, then it doesn't have the special significance of the five grains. Well, that would have two different, two different expressions. Expression number one, within a mixture, within a Tyroves, you would go after the row, the majority food, rather than the rice. Secondly, if you eat it independently, the bracha would not be Borei Nimizonos because it's not especially significant food. You'd make the regular bracha or bore pri One can offer an alternate explanation as well, almost actually the opposite. According to the first explanation, Boyumene mizonos is a special bracha and therefore it's only made on something which has special significance, something which potentially could become bread. The five grains could potentially become bread. The second approach is that Boyumene mizonos is actually a bracha which is perhaps it doesn't have any unique significance. As a matter of fact, what does the word mazon mean? You make a bracha Boyumene Mizonot. Mizonos is anything which has nutritional value. There's a Gemara that says that. Call me Lizan. anything has nutritional value except for melach and mayim, except for salt and water. Water and salt don't have nutritional value. And therefore the zakhai adam, it's brought down in the, in the Bir HaLacha, the the adam that passes as follows That if by mistake you made Bury Mizonos on any food item under the sun aside from water and salt, you'll say, you only make it on bread. But if one made a boi mizonos on an apple, on a pear, on, on, on a tomato, one is yotze. Because the bracha of boi mizonos applies to anything that has nutritional value, which includes anything under the sun aside from water and salt. And therefore, what is muzzle? Muzzle is something which has nutritional value. One could perhaps claim that when you have a mixture that has grains, one of the grains in it, well, the the reason that I get to barimim zonos is not because the grains are the ikar, because you don't make a bracha of barimim mizonos on grains on the chefza of grains, but rather you make barimim mizonos on mazon, on anything which is considered mazon. So if the grains are a significant significant ingredient, even though maybe not a majority ingredient, but the grains are a significant ingredient within the mixture, I might view the entire mixture as mazon. I might not view the entire mixture of wheat. I don't consider wheat as necessarily the major component. And I don't consider the wheat as ikar, but I consider the mixture as muzzle. because this soup that has a lot of of kemach, of wheat, of flour inside, I might view as being mazon. I might consider it mazon, even though I wouldn't necessarily say that the flour is the major component or ingredient. Of course, if that were true... The question is, what happens if I would take rice and I would add it to this mixture? Wouldn't rice make the entire mixture into mazom as well? I don't need a special chashiva, significance, importance of rice. And therefore, the potential of becoming lechem bread is irrelevant. Rather, I need the, I need something which transforms the mixture into mazom. Well, if wheat can transform the mixture into mazon, if barley can transform the mixture into mazon, why can't rice transform the entire mixture into mazon? Apparently, rice is not mazon. If one made the bracha, barley made mizonos on rice, one is yotze. That's what the chai Adam said. But lechatchila, it's not what we would consider a classic form of mizonos. And therefore, if it's Within the mixture, it doesn't get mezonos. that would indicate that even when it's independent and separate in its pure form, it wouldn't get misonos either. A that between these two different explanations would, might be the question of the bracha achrona. What bracha achrona do you make when you have the five grains as one of the components... In a mixture, where it's not the, the, the major, it's not the, it's not the major component. In other words, it's not the majority component, I would say, but it's a significant component. So the bracha that you make, the bracha l'paneha, is the zolos. What about the bracha l'achareha? What bracha do you make after eating it? If I would say that it's a question of ikarvetafel, that the major component here is the wheat, then I would consider the entire mixture perhaps as wheat. And even the bracha achrona would be ala mechya, maybe with the condition that at least you have a kazayis b'chetei pras. At least within, when you eat a pras, at least you eat a kazayis of, of, of one of the grains. On the other hand, if I view the entire mixture as mazon, but I don't look at wheat or one of the grains as necessarily the major component, but nevertheless I look at the entire mixture as mazon, that probably will affect the bracha vishona, you make a bari mizonos. However, the bracha achrona of ala mechia v'alakakala is a bracha achrona on one of the heiminei dagad, or one of the zayimineim shilishtapcha behen herz Yisrael. And therefore, the bracha rishona would be your bari meh but the bracha achrona would be a bari meh This question regarding the bracha achrona is a machlokas probably between Rashi and to- to- Tosos on that men-alphan days. They're they're discussing the question of Paso Babi and one of the ways of explaining Paso Babi is that it's a it's a minority component within the mixture. Rashi says that the Bracha Rishonah is born in Mizonos and the Bracha achrona is born in Fashos, and Tosos argues, and he says, Kol mi mi just like the Bracha Rishonah is born in Mizonos, so to the Bracha achrona is Alamechia. So you have a focus between Rashi and Tosos, and it might be dependent on this question. Does, is the din of, of, of having the, one of the grains within the mixture, does that define the entire mixture as being that grain, because the grain is the primary component, because of its special significance and importance? Or does the entire mixture become mazom and therefore the bracha of Barmine and Mizonos is an apical and appropriate bracha? However, I don't look at the entire mixture as being one of the grains. I look at it as being muzzled. But I don't look at it as being, as being one of the grains. Of course, now that we did such a wonderful job in explaining the shita of the Gaonim, we have to go back and explain you know, the, the shita of, of all the Rishonim and the shita of uh, Halacha, that we that we accept one of the statements of Rabbi Shmuel while we reject the other. Now, basically... According to what we said, the solution should be very, very simple, and it's found in the potato O'Shua. In other words, regarding the question of the grains within a mixture, there, since it's only a minority component, I don't look at the entire mixture as being muzzled, but rather the reason that it would get... A barmium mizonos is because I look at the grains as having special significance and importance. And only the five grains have the significance and importance because you can make bread out of those grains. And therefore, only the five grains within a mixture would get a bracha of barmium mizonos. However, if you would put rice within that mixture, even though the bracha of rice by itself might be barmium mizonos, why? Not because it's important and you can make bread out of it, but because it's mazom. Rice and millet is muzzled just like, just like the grains are muzzled. But the difference between rice and millet is that you cannot make bread out of it. And therefore, rice and millet are muzzled, but they're not important. In order to have the din of a minority ingredient within a mixture, getting the bracha of burning zonos, that's not because it's muzzled, because it's only a minority ingredient. I can't consider the entire mixture muzzled because a small percentage might be one of the grains. The reason that you get the bracha, you, the zonos, when you have one of the grains in the mixture, is because that grain is significant and important. It's one of the Chamesh meaning that you can make bread out of. The Chamesh meaning, yes, rice and millet, no. However, if I take grains or rice and millet independently, and I want to eat it, then my, I ask only one question. Is this mazon or not? Does it have nutritional value? Is it, is it especially satiating? Uh, is it mazon or is it not mazon? It's not part of a mixture, it's independent. And regarding this, we paskin against Rabu that not only do the five grains have the status of mazon, but rice and millet have the status of mazon as well. So we've explained the gaonin, we've explained most of the Rishonin, but there's still one sita, one opinion in the sugya which is which still bothers which still bothers my mind. That's the sheeta of the Rambam and the Rif. They distinguish between Orez and Dohan, between rice and between millet. The Rambam writes as follows Orez shebishlo O Shaasa Mimenu Pat Vithilam Barikala Borim Zanot Lebusha Rice that you cooked or that you made some kind of a bread out of, some kind of a patty, you really can't make bread out of rice. The bracha rishona is boi mei mizonos, and the bracha achrona is boi nefashos. Uvilad shelo yei muurav But that's only on condition that it wasn't part of a mixture. Ela oruz levado. Aval pat dochad. O pat shel shamine kitniyot. If you have bread, Made out of millet or any other type of kidney bitchilam the Then the bracha is shown is and the bracha is born of And the question is obviously, where did the Rambam learn that one should make a distinction between pas and between dochan, between oris and between dochan, between rice and between millet? Why did he adopt the the dechiyah uh, of the Gemara, the Gemara that rejected Rabbi Shmuel only regarding Orez, but not regarding, regarding Dochan. And the truth is, the question the Gemara asks to disprove Rabbi Shmuel relates specifically to Orez, not to Dochan. But what's the Svara? what's the logic behind, behind the distinction? And secondly, if one takes a look at the Gemara, even though the rejection of Rabu Shmuel is only from Orez, it's much simpler. If one would put Orez and Dochan together, and reject Rambam regarding both. Once Rambam is rejected, if one rejects regarding both, the Gemara would work much, much more smoothly. I, I don't. I can't right now go into an explanation of why. In order to explain the Rambam, I think we have to look at another halacha in Hilchos There, the Rambam in Perak Vav Halacha He writes as follows: Haose Isa min Hachitim min if one made a dough out of wheat and rice together, and then one took this dough and made matzah, if that dough has the taste of dagan, i.e. the taste of wheat, then one is with without matzah. The raived immediately states as follows. In other words, in order to be yotzei, you have to have enough wheat matzah. How much matzah do I have to eat? I have to eat a a of matzah. And therefore, if I would eat a a a pras of this mixture of ores of rice and wheat, so if I would eat a higher pras, I would get at least a kazais of, of, of wheat matzah out of that entire mixture, and therefore I could be yotze. But if I, I didn't have a kazais achilas pras, so if I ate from this entire mixture, so I had less than a kazais of wheat matzah, so I'm not yotze. I need, I need a kazais of wheat matzah in order to fulfill my obligation. But according to the Rambam, apparently you don't need a kazais of wheat matzah alone, as long as it has the taste of dagan, then that's sufficient. That could even be if it's less than a kazayis. And the question is, how does that work? The answer is that it's not that orez simply doesn't nullify the wheat, and therefore I could be yotzi with the wheat alone. But rather, somehow the orez combined with the wheat, and as long as it has the taste of wheat, the orez and the wheat mixture together is in itself matzah. And therefore, if I eat a kezais of this mixture together, I ate a kezais of Kasha ratzat nam The same we find in Hilchos Chala of the Rambam. The Rambam there writes, in Hilchos Bikurim, Perg Vav that's where the Rambam brings all of Halachos of Chala. Kemachitim vekemach orez. If one took flour of wheat and flour of rice, isa and made a dough out of it. If it has the taste of wheat, then one is chayav, one is obligated to be mafish chalav. And if not, one does not have to be mafish chala. Again, we see that according to the Rambam, you can create a mixture of wheat and orez, and the is combined with the wheat. Again, the Rambam over here again doesn't mention kazais bechte achilas pras, and you see that the rice combines with the wheat to create a dough which is higher than challah. Just like the the rice can combine with the wheat to create a, a to, to in order to bake matzah to become part of the matzah, and you don't need a kazais bechte pras. This combining is called the will call this it's, it gerera. It, it, it's 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 it, it, it integrates into the mixture, and it's and it's added to the to the mixture, and the mixture in its entirety becomes becomes challah, becomes chayiv and in its entirety. It becomes it becomes matzah. This special din of greira that ores can combine with wheat and everything becomes chayiv and or everything becomes matzah is mentioned only by ores. It does not appear by appear by for whatever reason. There is no parallel din by dochan, by millet, it only appears by ores. Therefore, I want to suggest the following. It could be that according to the Rambam, the reason that ores gets a barmium zonos independently is not because ores because rice, the bracha of barmium zonos on rice, is because it's mazon, it's nutritional value, and not because it's sashivas, it's important. The bracha of barmium zonos on rice is because of its importance. It's important because orez also can potentially become bread. Not alone, but within a mixture of kemach, of regular wheat, of flour, wheat flour, it can become bread. Orez has the potential of becoming bread. And therefore, orez also has the, that importance of the five grains. However, under what conditions can it become bread? I Obviously, when you mix it with one of the grains, or when it's alone and potentially can be mixed. However, when it becomes mixed with something else, when you take that, that rice and you put it in a soup, when you take that rice and you put it in with chopped meat, or you, or you make some kind of a stuffing for, for a chicken, then you, by mixing it with some alternative ingredient, then you have nullified the possibility that the olives can become bread. It's potential as bread has been totally neutralized. In other words, we suggested before that according to the other we've shown in, the bracha of barmim risonos on or is independently is because of its nutritional value, its muzzle, not because of its importance as potential lechem. While the reason that you have the dinner of, of ikra v'tafel, when you put the five grains into the mixture, is because of its importance of these five grains that could potentially become le- lechem, that applies to the five grains, however, it doesn't at all apply to, to rice. What we're suggesting now in the Rambam is that, according to the Rambam, what gives the special status to the five grains, both regarding the bid of a mapping Kambatel in a Tarobus, that in a mixture you make by you name as well as the fact that we give it a special status. When it's alone and we give it a bracha of barney Mizonos, is because the five grains are important; they have special significance, and therefore their bracha becomes elevated to a bracha of barney Mizonos. When they put it within the tarobes, then they are looked at as a major component, even though they might be a minority component, but they looked at it as the primary component because of its special importance. Regarding both of those dinim, both the din of kol shegeishpo as well as the din of kol shehu. Both of those dinim are based on the significance and importance of the five grains as being potential lechel. What the Rambam adds, when we reject Rab and Shmuel regarding the din, and we say that you do make a barbine risonos on rice, it's not because all of a sudden we rethought the barbine resonance on the five grains. And we said it's not because of their elevated status as potential bread, but rather it's because it's mazon. No. It's based on its elevated status. Because it's potential lechem. Orez is potential lechem as well. However, when it, why is Orez potential lechem? Not because it independently beca- can become lechem. We don't pass like Rabbi Yochan and Menuri. Orez alone cannot become lechem. But Orez, even according to Chachamim, has the ability to combine with the grains. And when it combines with the grains, then the Orez itself becomes lechem. So Orez, even though we don't accept Rabbi Yochan and menuri, we don't accept Rabbi Yochan and in its radical form. That orez alone is one of the grains and can be made into lechem. But even Chachamu, who argue with Rabbi Yochanan Benuri, agree that orez is distinct. And orez can become lechem when it combines with kemach chita and the tam of Dagon is maintained. As a matter of fact, Rabbi Yochanan Benuri also distinguished between orez and dochen. Rabbi Yochanan Nuri's din was only that orez can become lechem. Dochen he never mentioned. So that same distinction applies to Chacham who argue on Rabbi Yocham but on a secondary level. According to Rabbi Yocham alone can become made into bread, while well, according to Chacham who argue on Rabbi Yocham alone cannot become bread. But Orez, combined with Chita, combined with Kenmachita, can become bread as long as Tam Dagan is retained. That's the meaning Chacham. So Orez also has significance. When does it lose significance? when you mix it with something else, when all of a sudden it goes in a different direction, and you mix it with something else, then Orez loses that special status that potentially it could have become bread, and therefore it will lose a special bracha of Boremi Mizonos. That's a bin that applies only to Orez, it does not apply to Dohan and hence the Ramam and the Rift split between Ores and between Dohan. When the Gemara ha- when the rejected Ram and Shmuel and forced... Rav Shmolt conceived regarding Orez, the Rav said, that's true by Orez. Because Orez can potentially become Lechem, and therefore the significance of something which is potential Lechem might apply to Orez as well, but never to Doha. And therefore Orez gets a bar in the Sonos, however Dochen, will not.
0: You have been listening to our Khan, that was the fifth installment in the Shio'an Hilchot Brachot. If you listened to this year and you enjoyed it, as well as the other shiur during the week of KMTT, then I think it would be a good idea if you told your friends as well. You could view it as a kind of payment for this week's share. Get at least one other person. Why one? Tell everybody you know about KMTT. Give them the address on the web, www.kimitzion.org. That's K-I-M-I-T-Z-I-O-N.org. And let them get on to the podcast as well. That way when you meet them at lunch, you'll be able to talk about the Shur that you both heard while driving into work. Okay, Now for the Halachah Yomit. We've said Pesuket Zimra, we said Yishtabach, the Chazan said Kaddish, and now Bochu. Both in Kaddish and in Bochum, there is a Halachic issue that arises. The Minhag in both places is that there's a certain amount of bowing that takes place. In Bochu, for instance, in all Kilot Yisrael, to the best of my knowledge, the Chazin bows when saying, Baruch Hu et Hashem avorach. In most Kilot, all Kilot Ashkenaziot, and many, many Kilot Tzvadiyot, the congregation bows when answering, Baruch Hashem Mavorach, Va'ed. Similarly, in Kaddish, and here it's found in more poskim, it's found in the Torah and the Beit Yosef, the Chazan is supposed to bow at different places. There are different versions when to bow, the Beit Yosef says that he accepted Minagas to bow five times, when he says, Itkadel, when he says, Yehesh uh, Meraba, when he says, Yitgadel, Yitparach, Vishtabach, when he says, B'Richu and when he says, B'Imru Amen, five times. Well, other minhagim as well. But the way the Torah phrases it is that it's a chiyuv. In both cases, the Gemara was opposed. The Vilna said, the Gemara says that one is not allowed to bow in Shmon Esrei, at other places other than the places which Chazal said you should. Namely, twice in the first bracha, when you begin Baruch Hashem and again Avraham, and twice in the first bracha of the last section of modim, when you say modim, and when you have the end of that bracha. According to the Rav there's a fifth place. We all do it, but he calls it, it's the fifth in that series, when you say Oseh Shalom when you finish. The Gora says, you're not allowed to bow in other brachat, only in those five. So the Gora said, that means you're not allowed to bow at any time, other than uh, those five places in Sh'mon So the Gra said one should not bow in Kaddish and he's quoted as saying you should not bow for Baruch either. The Archa Shulchan, for instance accepts the, criti- the critique of the Gra, but suggests that perhaps so you shouldn't really bow you should give a little nod. In other words it's not enough of a bow to be considered to be Mosif Al Takanat Chazal of adding extra bowings other than that mentioned in the Gemara because you just sort of tilt your head you don't actually bow. It seems to me to be a strange suggestion. Either it is or it isn't. If it's not a bow, then there's no reason to do it. And if it is a bow, then you have the problem that the grah erased. Almost all poskim do not accept what the grah said. Minigisal is not to accept what the grah said. It's interesting. I remember when I was a child, I think most chazanim did bow during Kaddish. It seems to be one of those minhagim which has radically, in the last 20, 30 years, has started to disappear. I I really see a chazan doing it, or an avil doing it but it's mentioned in all the posgum. Dafka Baruch is not mentioned so much in the posgum. It's mentioned in later postkim as being a minag that they saw, whereas in Kaddish it's mentioned as a halacha. And, and apparently we're just not for the Gvera. The minag is that uh, in Shmon Esrei, the Gvera said you shouldn't do it. Outside of Shmon Esrei, it, doesn't pro- it doesn't appear to be a problem. There are other places where the minag is to bow. As far as I know, everybody bows in Aleinu. And I think the Gvera might have the same problem. Uh, many people bow when they say the give Midot in Tachlon. If they say... Uh, you give, him say you'd give him uh, Some some people bow at that point as well. Uh, so the meaning is that it's okay and to do it, and the most people are not chosesh, most postcum are not chosesh for the graz, uh, the graz critique. Uh, in Bahu, so the Chazan bows, most people the congregation bows as well, and then the Chazan repeats Baruch Hashem Shema Borahl Lambaed. There were some Rishon who said that this was not necessary. Uh, but the Vash but the and Rebbeinu uh, both agree that uh, that you should. The Mara Mutenberg apparently did not. Tashbites quotes the as saying that the Chazan does not have to repeat it. Uh, the Vash says that he should. question goes back to a question raised in the Gemara, Machloket Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael, whether the Chazan should say, Bahu et Hashem. Or, Baruch Hashem Hamavarach. Why does he repeat HaMovorach? Rabbi Shmuel says to include himself. He shouldn't just tell other people to bless God. You should include yourself. So you say, Baruch Hashem HaMovorach, meaning I also say He's Movorach. The reason to answer Baruch Hashem HaMovorach, the chasm should repeat it, is for the same reason. In which case, the you don't need them both. If you're saying Hamavarach, you've already included yourself. Why do you then have to actually say it? As though you're answering to yourself, Baruch Hashem HaMovorach, the Olam V'ed but the, the Rosh Paschal is both things both to say Hamvarach in the command in the court of the Tzibur and then after the Tzibur to say it, to say it as well the Magan Avram quotes the Sefer al that if there are only nine Jews plus you plus the Chazin and Shul so you should say together with the Tzibur Baruch Hashem Varach there should be ten people saying it and not say it afterwards the Mishavura disagrees he doesn't understand why it's necessary you don't have to say it all together it's being said bitzibur there are ten Jews here Chazin has one job to tell you to say it. The nine Jews answer. That's called Bitsibuh, that's called a minion. And then if the Chazin also says it because the Vasidh also says it, so he also says it. He says it by himself. That means that it's not saying it bitzibur. We require a minion for Bahu, because this is the Basha B'tushah. The answer is the, the entire structure of I call, you answer, and I repeat, that whole thing is called is called B'tzibur, and that's the common and accepted minig as well. That's all for today. Tomorrow's shiur will be the shiur in Jewish philosophy in the Middle Ages, given by myself. Until then, kol tov This is Ezra Bik for KMTT Kimitzion Teize Torah Udvar Hashem Mirushalayim.